In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So on this first Sunday of Lent, we traditionally read about the temptations of Christ and the Gospels. The accounts of these temptations we might find kind of odd, but the temptation accounts remind us first and foremost of Christ's humanity. Christ was not Superman. He was not superhuman. In fact, we confess that he was fully human. He was fully man. And Christ experienced in his body all the things we do. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired. He was fatigued. The heat of the sun or the chill of a cold wind caused him discomfort. But in the same way, Christ could also be tempted outside of himself just like we are as humans. Now, to be clear, there was no sin in Christ's heart, and there was no potential of Christ sinning or being overcome by the devil. Christ is fully man, but he is fully God as well. He cannot sin. And being a human does not mean the same thing as being a sinner. However, Christ could be tempted, and he could undergo spiritual trials by forces outside of himself. He could feel the distress of the pressures exerted on him by the devil. And this is what we see in our reading. Christ, as a human, as a man, is being tempted by the devil in the exact same way that we are tempted by the devil as humans. And so this morning, I hope to draw together two threads of thought for you. Well, first is the reality of temptation. We're tempted on a daily basis by the world and by the devil to forsake God and to live serving a kind of false trinity of me, myself, and I. And that, I think, is how we ought to regard temptation. Temptation is that which tries to get us to turn from trusting in God to trusting in ourselves or trusting in the world or trusting in the devil. Temptations are those things which ask us in thought, word, and deed to put something else ahead of God. Usually that something else is us. And so these temptations are a daily reality. So the first thread I want you to hold on to is this basic idea that we're daily being tempted to turn from God and to instead serve ourselves and serve our own pride. We're so often tempted to put ourselves, to put the things of the world above God. And this is a daily temptation. Daily, we seek to find happiness We seek to find true goodness outside of the Lord. And that's a daily reality for us. The second thread I want you to hold on to is that of our Lenten theme this year, which is the Lord's Prayer. So this year, during the Lenten midweek services, I'll attempt to reflect on the importance of the Lord's Prayer for us as Christians. And these reflections, I hope, will take us through Holy Week and into Easter. But the point I want to make this morning is that the Lord's Prayer itself addresses the ways in which we're tempted on a daily basis. And because in the Lord's Prayer, we pray in and through Christ, the very words that he has given us to pray, I think we can lean on this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, as we face our daily temptations. And so there's a connection between the ways in which the devil tempts Christ and what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. So the temptations of Christ in Luke chapter 4, and then later the temptations and the pressures that Christ faced in his passion, they all correspond to what we ask of our Father in the Lord's Prayer. 
Okay, for example, we begin our prayer by asking that God's name be hallowed. Hallowed be thy name. Right? God, make your name holy. And Luther explains that this means that God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity. When we keep and trust the promises of God purely and truly, then God's name is hallowed among us. It's made holy among us. Well, this is the one way the devil begins to tempt Christ. So we read that the devil takes Jesus to Jerusalem, places him on the pinnacle of the temple, and says to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he'll command his angels concerning you to protect you. Well, the devil is trying to get Christ to doubt the word of God's, the word of God's promises. The devil is trying to get him to test God's name rather than to submit to it and trust in it. More than that, the devil is attempting to get Christ to accept this temptation of the fame of publicly acclaiming who he is. Right? The devil takes him to this public place, the top of the temple in a big city, and says, throw yourself down from here so everyone will see who you are. He's trying to get Christ to put his name above God's name. He's trying to make Christ the center of Christ, to make center of the world's attention, right? And Christ says, no, instead I have come to serve humanity. I have not come to draw attention to myself, but to the Father. Also in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come. Well, again, we can see the devil tries to tempt Christ, not with God's kingdom, but with the kingdoms of the world, right? The devil says, I can give you all of this power in this world, and the temptation is to not rely on God's kingdom, but to take this easy, quick route in which he'll get every temporary power in the world. And so again, in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. And we see again Satan trying to tempt Jesus to circumvent that trust that God will provide, and instead to have Christ make bread for himself, rather than to trust in God as provider. Later on, then, in the Gospels, Christ, in his time of agony, uh, when he's considering what he'll face on the cross, he'll pray, let thy will be done to the Father. And on the cross, he'll say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Right? Over and over, we hear these echoes of the Lord's Prayer and all of this pressure that Christ was facing. The temptations and the hardships that we see Christ enduring in the Gospel are well connected to the very things we pray in the Lord's Prayer. We will face the same temptations that Christ faces in the gospel. We'll be tempted to become anxious, to worry about where our daily bread will come from, right? and not literally just bread, but where all of our physical needs will be met. And we can easily be tempted to believe that God will not provide these things as we need them. right? How easy that is to do now. If we hear hear news about inflation, about gas prices, about shortages at the grocery store, how easy it is to become anxious about our daily bread. We'll be tempted to take the Lord's name in vain rather than to make it holy. Right? That is, we'll be tempted to believe not in the promises of God, but we'll be tempted to live nominally as Christians in this world. We'll be tempted to want to see the kingdoms of this world prosper before we want to see the kingdom of God prosper. 
We'll be tempted to put the powers of this world above the things of God. We'll be tempted to withhold forgiveness. We'll be tempted to put ourselves in situations where we will easily be drowned by temptation and so on. And so when Christ gives us his prayer, the Lord's Prayer, he gives it to us knowing just exactly what we need. He knows we will be tempted just as he was tempted. The difference, of course, is that Christ does not give in to temptation. Rather, Christ overcomes. He overcomes the devil and the world. Christ is the conqueror of everything that separates us from God. And when we pray the Lord's Prayer, then, we want to remember that we're not just praying empty, rote words. Christ did not just pick out a few random petitions for us to focus on. Rather, Christ has given us the words, the, the words to lean on daily. He's given us these words to trust in as we face our daily temptation. He has given us the words to remind ourselves that God will, in fact, provide all things for us. God will not abandon us in times of trial. Rather, God will make himself known to us as our loving Father. But even more than that, we pray the Lord's Prayer knowing that we are praying through the one who has overcome all temptation. Right? We use the Lord's Prayer to flee to what Christ has done for us. Only Christ has fulfilled all the words of the Lord's Prayer perfectly. Only Christ has overcome every temptation for us. In this lifetime, we will never perfectly live out these words. In this life, we will daily succumb to temptations. But Christ still claims us. And so the Lord's Prayer, at its heart, teaches us to rely on him alone. It should remind us that God wants to give us every good thing because we belong to Christ and we're united to him. The prayer is a reminder that like we'll sing later at the, end of a, at the end of the service, that God is a mighty fortress. He's the one we can turn to when we are tempted. And we can turn to him trusting that Christ has done everything for us. And so my encouragement to you then is to take time to really pray the Lord's Prayer. Especially use this time of Lent, this time of practice, this time of focus to reflect on it. Consider all that it means for us. So often we can rush through the Lord's Prayer. Right? We can say it by rote. We know it so well that we don't often take time to reflect and think about and connect to the words of the Lord's Prayer. But take time this season to really make it central to your daily prayer and your daily walk with God. Don't just rattle off the words in rote memory. Because the Lord's Prayer is meant to give you confidence in your daily life. It's meant to be there as you face the temptations of this world. And it's meant to, call, to recall you to remember that Christ has overcome every temptation already for you. Right? The Lord's Prayer is given to you as a gift to lean on God and to trust in his goodness. Amen.